here at church. I really do believe these three words have the power to change the world. As a matter of fact, they're so powerful. I can remember the first time Dina said these three words to me. I can remember where I was and what I felt in that moment. I'm pretty sure we're all on the same page as to what those three words are. They are, keep your fork. (laughs) Those are my three favorite words. Why? Because when you hear someone say, keep your fork, you know, especially if Dean has been cooking, as good as the meal has been, something better is coming. Maybe it's pecan pie. Maybe it's layer delight. Uh, Maybe it is my mother-in-law makes this amazing thing called uh, strawberry pretzel salad. Maybe it is that cake that that claims to be better than an amorous act. Which, by the way, is a little misleading because it's not all that good. I ate the meal because I had to eat the meal. But this, this is what I'm waiting for. This, this is what I'm made for. As you've heard and will continue to hear over the course of the next several weeks, we've been talking about heaven. And as we talk about heaven, what I want you to do as you sit there is I want you to think of these three words. Keep your fork. Something better is coming. Let's be honest, this world is difficult at times. It's messy, it's painful, it's broken. But you weren't made for this world. Keep your fork, because something better is coming. I love the way C.S. Lewis puts it. He says this, Has this world been so kind to you that you should leave it without regret? There are better things ahead than anything we leave behind. He goes on to say this also. The fact that our heart yearns yearns for something earth cannot supply is proof that heaven must be our home. He's saying, keep your fork, folks, because something better is coming along. This idea that this earth isn't our home and that something better is coming along isn't a new idea. It didn't originate with Orlando or First Presbyterian Church or the Presbyterian Church in general. This idea has been around for ages. As a matter of fact, in the uh, Old Testament passage that Pam read just a moment ago, we hear David mention it. He says it this way, we are but so, we, for we are strangers and sojourners as all our family, as all our fathers were. He says, our life on this earth is but a shadow. Something better is coming. This morning, I just want to remind you why we should keep our fork. Because something better is coming. And what does that something better look like? Well, the very first thing I want you to know is this. Keep your fork because the earth is just a small glimpse of the reality of heaven. 
as beautiful as anything here is, it is a small glimpse of what the glory of heaven looks like. Uh, I heard the story of a small village that received a nine and a half foot tall Buddha statue. It looked to be a Buddha statue covered in stucco and colored glass. The village didn't have a temple for the statue, so they kept it under a small tin roof for 20 years. They finally built the temple, and when they did, they moved that Buddha statue from under that tin roof to its final pedestal in the temple. And when they did, the ropes holding that Buddha statue broke, and the Buddha statue came crashing down, and a big piece of stucco came off the Buddha statue. And they saw a golden surface underneath. They took away all the stucco and all the colored glass. And this is what they found. A five and a half ton gold, solid gold Buddha statue. If that were valued in today's dollars, that would be $250 million of gold in that statue. That little village had this statue under a tin roof for 20 years because they had no idea, no concept of what they really had in their hands until that exterior was broken away. Sometimes I think that's where we are here on earth. We catch a glimpse of this shape and we think we understand what it is, but the ultimate glory of what it is will surprise us because it will be be beyond our wildest imagination. Heaven is a real place. And we can't even begin to imagine how glorious it is. Just like our uh, New Testament scripture uh, right there. 1 Corinthians 2, 9, my favorite way to, my favorite version is out of the King James Version. It says, but as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, nor neither have entered into the hearts of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. What's Paul saying right here to the church in Corinth? He's saying, everything you love here on this earth is but a shadow of the glory of heaven. Think of the best things you could think of on this earth. Think of the most beautiful places you can think of on this earth. One of my favorite pictures of me and Dina, we took in Bolivia uh, when we went down. As a matter of fact, we've got Pastor Howard and Murray and a team down in Bolivia dedicating a church probably right about now, uh, right uh, right around this hour. They're dedicating the church. And I have this picture of us in Bolivia and to... uh, When we got to Bolivia, we went over the Andes Mountains and down into a jungle camp. And when we got to that top of that area in the Andes, the bus stopped so we could take a picture. My favorite picture is Dina and I standing in front of the Andes Mountains in the background, all green with their rainforest and jungle. It's beautiful, but as beautiful as that is, it doesn't even begin to compare with the glory of heaven. My wife has a beautiful smile, but I can't even begin to imagine the beauty of that smile in the glory of heaven. 
What's your favorite color? Is it pink? Can you imagine in heaven seeing the pinkest pink that has ever been pink before? You can't even begin to imagine the glory of heaven. Everything in this world is just a scratch of stucco over the golden glory of heaven. Randy Alcorn has a book entitled Heaven, and here's what he says in his book. What we love about this life are the things that resonate with the life we were made for. The things we love are not merely the best this life has to offer. They are previews of the greater life to come. He goes on to say later on in the book, so look out a window, take a walk, talk with your friend, use your God-given skill to paint or draw or build a shed or write a book, but imagine it, all of it, in its original condition. The happy dog with the wagging tail, not the snarling beast, beaten and starved. The flowers unwilted, the grass undying, the blue sky without pollution. People smiling and joyful, not angry, depressed and empty. Heaven is real and it's far beyond anything you could even imagine. Keep your fork because something better is coming. This place beyond your imagination. This place, heaven, that is a place of no's. You're looking at me and you're like, Orlando, a place of no's does not sound that interesting. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, it, it, it's more interesting than you can imagine. Revelation chapter tw- 21 verse 4 says this. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. Did you catch that? A better place is coming. A place where there is no, where there are no tears. How many times has something so sad broken your heart that you've cried? That's this world. But keep your fork because something better is coming. How many of us have lost a loved one? The hurt and sadness that death brings. My dad passed away 14 years ago and I still miss him. My father-in-law passed away three years ago and he's still sorely missed by all of us. Death hurts. But that's this world. There's no death in heaven. A better place is coming. No mourning. No sadness. Only joy. C.S. Lewis has this great quote. He says this. Dance and game are frivolous. Unimportant down here. For down here is not their natural place. Here they are a moment's rest from the life we were placed here to live. But in this world, everything is upside down. And then he says this, joy 
is the serious business of heaven. No sadness, no mourning, only joy. No crying, no pain. Boy, this morning I felt every one of my 44 years as I got out of bed. It's a little cold and the bones are popping. I said, it sounds like my favorite breakfast cereal when I was a kid, the snap, crackle, pop, right? That's this world, hurt and pain. But that's not heaven. No more pain. As a matter of fact, Randy Alcorn continues with the list that I think is just as biblical, with biblical ideas. He says, there'll be no pretense or wearing masks, no cliques, no hidden agendas, backroom deals, betrayals, secret ambitions, plots, or schemes. That's what's waiting for us in heaven. I wish. I have a daughter, and I love my daughter with all my heart. She's my favorite daughter, uh, because I only have one, right? Uh, so the, my kid, my boys laugh, because I say, she's my favorite daughter. And, uh, and then they're like, well, you don't have a favorite son, because there's two of us. I'm like, no, one of you's my favorite. <laughs> I have a beautiful daughter. And I wish I could tell her, that the tears of a broken heart would never roll down her sweet cheeks. I wish I could tell my boys that they will never experience disappointment. I wish I could, but I can't, because that's not the world we live in. But it is the world we're made for. Something better is coming. I talked with Kara this week about a friend of hers and their family who's going through a very painful season, uh, stage four cancer. The dad, uh, with chemotherapy, has maybe a couple of years. Without chemotherapy, maybe a couple of months. It's a very painful season. And you can imagine all those thoughts of what's going to happen to my family to my kids, and even the children's thoughts and the, the wife's thoughts. What's, what's in store for my husband? What's next for my husband or my dad? And I wish I could promise them that tomorrow all the pain would be gone. They wouldn't have to worry about those kind of things anymore, but I can't. Not on this side of heaven. But what I can say to them is keep your fork. Something better is coming. And it's beyond anything you could ever even begin to imagine. But as great as those ideas are, as great as the idea of heaven being beyond what we can imagine is, as great as the idea of there being no tears or pain or death or mourning in heaven, as great as those things are, they're nothing compared with the ultimate reality of what heaven is. Keep your fork because something better is coming. Because in heaven, we will fully know the presence of God. 
Revelation 21, 3 says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and he himself will be with them as their God. When I look at that verse, I realize that the ultimate thing that's coming aren't the unimaginable streets of gold that pave heaven. Here I live in a simple house. In heaven, I will have a mansion. But that's not the greatest part of heaven. The greatest part of heaven isn't going to be being reunited with my dad or with loved ones that have gone on before. The greatest part of heaven isn't going to be the fact that it is a place of joy forever and ever. The greatest part of heaven is the fact that I will be forever in the presence of my Lord and Savior, the God who created me. Have you ever wondered why we crave heaven so much? Have you ever wondered why everything in this world reminds us that we weren't made for this world? The reason is because we desire to return to Eden. Howard mentioned it last week, that original Eden. You know what was so glorious about that original Eden? In its sinless perfection, it wasn't the fact that man and woman shared the garden, a perfect garden. That wasn't the best part of the Eden. That that isn't what we long for. The most glorious part of the garden was the fact that in the cool of the day, God came and walked with Adam and Eve. And talked with Adam and Eve. You see, heaven is glorious. Again, not because of the streets of gold. And you know what? I I, I agree with Howard. I am looking forward to sitting under a Bible study with John Wesley. I cannot wait. I'm not going to lie. I can't wait to hear a sermon preached by Martin Luther King. Like, that just sends chill bumps all over me. The glory of heaven isn't even going to be the fact that I can play basketball with Michael Jordan. I don't even play basketball here, but I'm sure I will in heaven. The glory of heaven isn't that my bald spot will finally go away. That's not the glory of heaven. The glory of heaven is that I will return to that original Eden and I will walk once more in the garden with Christ, with my God, the one who made me. Keep your fork. Something better is coming. It's far beyond what you can imagine. It's a place of no more tears or crying or suffering. But more than that, it's a place where we get to return to the perfect paradise we've been missing all our lives. Indulge me with one last Randy Alcorn quote. In his book, Heaven Again, he says this. Nothing is more often misdiagnosed than our homesickness for heaven. We think 
that what we want is sex, drugs, alcohol, a new job, a raise, a doctorate, a spouse, a large screen TV, a new car, a cabin in the woods, a condo in Hawaii. What we really want is the person we were made for, Jesus. And the place we were made for, heaven. Nothing less can satisfy us. Yes, this world stinks. It hurts. It breaks our heart. We see it all around us. We hear it on the news like yesterday when we heard of the passing of the three uh, in that plane accident, the three uh, EMTs. And it breaks my heart. But this world isn't my home. I'm going to keep my fork. Because something better is coming. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. Thank you that you are an amazing God. Who has a place prepared for us far beyond what we can imagine. A place where there's no more sadness or sickness or pain. But more than that, a place where we'll be in your presence forever. For that we are thankful. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.